0: got leave your money behind you, Raise your hand to the Welcome to Gimme Some Truth. This is a little bit different deal for us because we'll call it the Gimme Some Truth Bunker Edition because we're both in our home offices right now uh, getting ready to do this special edition of the podcast while we're all quarantined at home. Uh, everyone's healthy, thankfully, uh, but right now it's just a different time and hopefully we can make this work, Nate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, a new format that we're using through some software uh, that Hannah found uh, for us called Zencaster. And so it looks like it's uh, working well. And we're excited to hear some uh, feedback from the listeners, too, to see if you see any difference between this and our normal booth recording. Uh, and also bear with us. If uh, Clinton and I are stepping on each other more than normal, we can't see each other. So it's a little bit tricky from that standpoint. Um, But at the end of the day, the podcast medium is really, really important to us, and we're going to continue to put out podcasts uh, regardless of uh, how long this lasts.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so today we're going to talk a bit about uh, a market concept that we've had a lot of conversations about recently because everybody's wondering, well, where is the bottom? When's the bottom? And I think looking at it contextually and looking at prior downturns, we can at least call some... Uh, knowledge from that and some general rules of thumb from that. Uh, so there are three periods that we would like to just look back at, and uh, we'll just go through it a little bit more about how they all occurred and what were the things going on at the time, and then uh, you know how we saw bottoms in certain uh, conditions. So Nate, which one of the three do you want to start with?
1: Uh, well, I think let's do this first. Let's start with just a little bit of of uh, additional information about the purpose of this. Um, Please understand, this is not for us to predict the bottom. That's not what this is today. That's as many of you know, that's not what our firm is based on. We don't do prognostications. Um, but this is more just to give people an idea of what have happened in the previous market crashes in regard to the bottoms because they're not all created the same. That said, Clint, let's start with um, let's just start in chronological order. Why do we do it that way? So let's go back to 1987, um, as a lot of people know, the market. Had an awful one of the worst months that it that it's ever had in October of 1987. Uh, that's where the, uh, um, it's actually what gives '87 kind of its infamous, uh, uh, name or feeling is that single month of October. Um, and why don't you tell the listeners kind of what happened in regard to the the drop of '87? Well, there's like one huge day where it all fell off a
0: cliff, and to give you some context in it, at the time that 1987 rolled around was one of the first times that I became aware of the actual stock market Uh, because I remember that my teacher, it was a music class and my teacher was talking about it. He was very upset because the stock market had gone down by so much, so fast. And people were talking about people legitimately jumping off buildings. It was a really scary time at the time. I was 11 years old when that occurred. Uh, so you know, it was just kind of my, one of my first uh, sort of panic moments that I saw people react to in the stock market, and that was a precipitous drop. So I mean, to give you a, a, you know, a little context in there, uh, October 14th of that year, the Dow was at about 2412, and then just a couple of days later, October 20th, it was at 1841. So that was an incredibly quick drop there. Uh, so, and then it, that was like one big day. It tested a little bit of a bottom then, uh, about December 4th, where it kind of bumped up from there. And then we just call it testing bottoms, you know, when it just kind of goes back down, uh, tries to find that, that lowest point and then bounces off of that. And then it went from there, December 4th and just kind of rode up over time. And it actually hit a new high uh, let's see. I, I'm just doing this kind of by look here, so it's not you know 100% accurate, but let's just say right around uh, July of 1989 is when it was actually starting to achieve new highs. So you know from from that sort of high point to the low point to another high point, it started in October and really ended up being uh, July. So that was that was one of the uh, faster recoveries, and some people have called that kind of a a more V-shaped recovery.
1: Yeah, and I think the important thing to understand there and the point that we're trying to get across here is that this idea of a bottom in a lot of cases is not a single day. It's not a single point in time. Yes, we can look back at these downturns and we can point to the single day where the market hit its absolute bottom. But that's not ultimately how these play out. These generally play out through um, a, a process of the market uh, kind of hitting a low point and then likely kind of going up from that low point. And then the the phrase that gets used in, in our industry is again kind of testing the bottom or you can even say testing the floor or testing the ceiling. And these are concepts that that uh, really call out the the idea that the, the market is is going to either break through the bottom and it's going to set a new low or it's going to break through the ceiling or the top kind of kind of it's <clears throat> where did it recover up to and can it get past that point to, to you know, then go higher. And if it can't break through the bro- bottom or break break through the, the ceiling um, over a period of time, that's called a, a sideways or choppy market or a range bound market, meaning that it's kind of it, it's bookended in, if you will, by, you know, this point on the bottom and this point on the top. And the market just kind of trades in between those two kind of micro extremes, if you will, or, or kind of micro high and lows um, until it can either break through to the high side or it breaks the bottom. And then we, we realize that well, that wasn't actually the bottom and we're going to have to find a new uh, bottom then at that point. So, again, I know this gets technical and I know that without seeing the charts, it's harder to understand. Uh, we will make these charts available so people just have some uh, visual to go along with it. But ultimately, what we're the point we're trying to get across is that um, any of these experts that's on TV today calling for the bottoms, calling this this was the bottom. I was just watching one five minutes before we got on the on the podcast here. In, in his opinion, we hit the bottom. Well, again, that that <clears throat> and a nickel buy you a cup of coffee. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything because without looking at a chart in in uh, um, kind of uh, looking back, if you will, at a chart, you don't know when that bottom actually is until the market's recovered off of it.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting to note, too, is that this Black Monday thing on 1987 was, was kind of a, an anomaly. It was just kind of a day where where everything just started selling, and it was a total panic in one day. And sometimes we have events that trigger these things. Oftentimes, it's an unexpected event that triggers this sort of Massive sell off, and uh, this one was a different one. And so, let's go into set the table for the next one. Uh, Nate, it's 1999, and tech companies are printing money. Well, actually, none of them were making any money, but they were making a ton of money in the stock market, and so things are flying high, everything is wonderful, and then. All of a sudden, we just start to see this overvaluation comes to a head, and I think this one here, uh, talk about testing bottoms, there seem to be many bottoms that were tested, and and for me, uh, the beginning of this was a little bit of kind of that air slowly going out of that balloon, Um, and then there's obviously a big event at the end here to cause uh, something to occur later, but um, you can go through it a little bit, Nate, and kind of deconstructing this sort of uh, bottom testing
1: yeah uh, you and I were at different different spots in our career you you were in the industry I was in finance I was just I was on the lending side so it affected me a little bit different um, although I, I still definitively remember it because it, it had a massive impact on on um, you know that side of it as well but um, yeah, essentially, I mean, any stock that any stock that came out on an IPO or initial public offering that had .com on the end of it was immediately going like going to double in value. I mean, that's how crazy as as, as it was. Um, and again, I know it's easy for people to look at these times and go, "Couldn't anybody see that this was going to blow up?" And honestly, the answer was no. I mean, it's not that you couldn't see it, but it wasn't that just that was not the prevailing thought at the time. And then obviously it did. And then in the in the um, Kind of in the midst of that happening, you also had 9-11, which happened as well. So I don't know that a lot of people realize that, but I'll just, again, I'll point to a chart here and please don't hold us to these exact dates because we're looking at different charts and different periods of time. But I'll call it the last kind of high point was was uh, August of 2000, end of, of August of 2000. And then it started to fall and, and it, fall, it fell heavy. Um, and then 9-11 happened, in which obviously then it, it, it fell even that much more. And then what ultimately where it, where it kind of got to was a point in, um, in 2002, July of 2002, where it kind of established its first bottom. And then it tested that bottom again and, and ultimately broke through it two months later in September of that year, set a new bottom uh, in September of, uh, of that year. Of 2002. Uh, It it ran up, tried to test the ceiling again, fell back down a little bit uh, in in December, ran up again in January, tested the ceiling again, still couldn't break through to higher highs, tested the bottom again in February of 03, and then again in March of 03, and then finally found itself into new highs uh, about May of 2003. So this is a different bottom um, entirely from 87, because from July of 2002 until May of 2003, you had that, uh, what we were referring to before is that range bound, choppy, sideways trading. The market would race up, it would race back down, it would never get higher than, than that point that it hit in um, uh, August of 2002, it would fall back down, it only reset a low one more time, um, so it just kept testing the high, testing the low, testing the high for almost a year. So I mean, you think about it contextually, that's a long period of time within stock market trading—a year's worth of time—before it finally broke through that 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 ceiling and then found new highs. So that is a that that's a that's a different bottom because it's not a okay. We're we're uh, you know we hit a bottom. The market added you know. Thousands of points and all of a sudden we were we were back out of it and nobody was looking at the bottom again. It was in the rearview mirror. That's not what happened at that time. This was multiple attempts of testing the bottom before it um, it finally found its way up to to higher levels um, and and didn't go back to those depths again until we all remember, um, you know, 08, 09. Um, So that, that 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 bottom that was hit held until that period of time.
0: That's exactly right, and one thing to note is that it took a while later to hit record highs in the market then, so it got off the bottom and started to move upward and started to have that sort of floor uh, got moved up then after a while, but it, it took a while. That one was a, a really brutal time in the market, and people for some reason have a, uh, they don't have as much memory for that one. Uh, I think it was just that maybe 9-11 was such a large event just in everybody's lives that they, the stock market is so secondary to that period of time. Uh, but that was a really difficult uh, time in the stock market there, um, you know, and in my career there for sure. And then going forward, when we go into the the big one that is most fresh in people's mind, aside from the one we're seeing right now, you know, oh eight oh nine. Uh, If we look back during those periods, and I'm getting the chart up here, uh, if we look at it, it, everything kind of fell apart towards the end of the year in in 2008. And that was really when we had those big events that Lehman Brothers failed and the whole financial uh, system was kind of brought to their knees. People were wondering whether or not we were even going to have a banking system at the end. The government stepped out with big bailouts. And so we did see a run up. And then you know, everything kind of fell apart again. The economic data weakened. The government wasn't really there with that, you know, amount of stimulus that people were happy with for a while. And then it truly tested a bottom in March of 2009. And that's really where it was skating along the bottom. It hit kind of like a real quick double dip and then it rocketed up from there. And then you saw a pretty meaningful recovery after that. But it was uh, you know, really at the end of 2008, that uh, September, November uh, range there, it, it worked its way back up a little bit in December, and then fell apart then in March. So, you know, those are, that's kind of contextually what happened in this last period in this last downturn. Uh, and then it took uh, a few years in order for it to make another high. So, you know, if we're now kind of wrapping a bow around all of this and how that happened and all these different market bottoms, I think the takeaways from here are that you know, oftentimes we do see these markets test multiple bottoms. I would say that's more normal than not normal, um, and it takes a little bit longer for these things to recover than people probably uh, give it credit. You know, it doesn't go to record highs for a while. It can find a bottom faster than than people think but it might not hit record highs for some time afterwards. So I think that those are important moments to, uh, to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it does feel this time around, um, again, I said at the, at the top of the recording that, that this was not a prognostication podcast, and, and it's not, frankly, but um, it, it does feel like the kind of down market where um, we could go in, into some sideways range bound choppy trading um, where it's 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 kind of you know popping a thousand points up one day and then it's you know losing a, you know 800 points the next day um, and, and and I say that only because um, there's so much that still needs to be unraveled in regard to the data of of uh, you know this this virus and what's going on and how it will impact uh the economics of it as well as just people's lives and so with that that level of unknown still out there it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw a a period of time where you had kind of sideways range bound trading um but it it's it'll be to see right There's 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 more of these downturns than we even have highlighted today obviously i mean we could pull up frankly 10 more of these downturns and discuss each one of their unique bottoms and say you know this was different than that one which was different than that one um, so they're all somewhat unique. So again, it points back to this idea that um, don't lose sight of the fact that they have to try to fill up 24 hour news um, on, on TV with something. And so you get a lot of people acting like they know what's going to happen and, and that, you know, this for sure is going to happen and that for sure is going to happen. And frankly, nobody actually knows what's going to happen. All we can do is look back at the data and try to learn from what history has taught us that's exactly
0: right and i think looking back at the data is going to tell us the most out of all this when the data starts strengthening and things look better for when we can start to get our economy back and humming again you'll likely see that's when you're going to see the market you know firming up and and looking to reach new highs rather than lower bottoms so you know those are moments where that we're looking at we don't know when that's the whole thing we know probably when, 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 we expect it to happen. Uh, but I, I've, the best thing that I've heard recently actually is, uh, I heard somebody liken this to, uh, muscles and kind of atrophying, you know, if you decided that you just wanted to sit on your couch for a really, really long time and you didn't work out at all, um, your muscles would atrophy and the longer your muscles atrophy, uh, the, the longer it takes for you to get back into shape. And the economy, they said, was very similar to this. And so, you know, there is some worry about if this thing goes longer than we expect, uh, it might take longer for the market and the economy. You know, the market is a more of a leading indicator than a lagging one. So, you know, the market is projecting the future. So if we see that this is going to take longer, the market probably doesn't react really well to that. If it looks like this is going to be a shorter deal, uh, we're going to be back up and running soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Then you know we're likely to see that that bottom sooner rather than later. So those are the things that we're watching. Um, again, you're absolutely right about that Nate. We don't know when, uh, and we don't have any sort of special data, nor does anybody else. That anybody else doesn't have. So uh, we're watching that, and uh, you know we'll keep you guys, uh, everyone that's listening to this abreast of our opinions and uh and a little bit more about these market concepts so thank you for joining us on another special edition of give me some truth and we'll be doing this a few more times we'll be doing this weekly and uh hopefully you guys will tune in thank you very much
2: Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner County Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principle as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Wachner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.